Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, and I'm happy to be joined tonight by my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you doing this evening? Good, Scott. Glad to be with you. Going to have a good time tonight. This is the last episode of Season 2 of the podcast. What we're going to be doing is having an episode tonight just talking about a variety of things. Then we'll take a few weeks off. It's not that long a hiatus, but... We need some time to just take a break because we've been releasing a lot of episodes recently. We got some fun stuff planned for the podcast. And then we'll be back in October with a lot of fun episodes talking about Halloween, talking about Harry Potter, and more. So, uh, Jack, let's begin by catching up on what you've been up to. I know you started college. Or not, you didn't start college, you started your sophomore year of college. So, um, tell me how that's been so far. Yes, so I've been doing uh, everything digitally. So, I've been on Zoom um, but I have been every, every once in a while to go on campus. They do give you that option. Technically, I'm behaving as like a commuter student. Uh, so I just have to, you know, get tested that I'm negative, And I have to do this daily screening that I don't have any symptoms. And then you can go on campus if you choose to. So I've been able to do that a couple of times. But yes, I've been doing uh, digital classes, which is certainly an experience. It's not as enjoyable as, you know, being on campus. But at the same time, though, I have a lot of free time. So I'm watching a lot of shows, watching a lot of movies, playing a lot of golf. And mm-hmm. just kind of enjoying being, uh, you know, a little bit more relaxed than usual. So let me ask you a question. When you go back to campus, you mentioned you have to get tested. How does that work? Do you get tested on the grounds and get an immediate result? Or do you need to get tested back home? What what happens? You have to get tested before you go to campus. So I had to get tested about four days before and then got my results and then uploaded to their portal. But then if you are a student who, say, has been there and is living there and got tested before you went, but that was months ago, you do have to get tested again. I think you have to get tested again twice, and then they're going to do more periodic testing. So far, Fordham's been great. They have a public dashboard with it, but they've done thousands of tests and have only had one positive case or something crazy on the campus. So I don't know what they're doing correctly, but it's working. That's Um, interesting. So so it's it's great for them. the test yeah, you've had little, has it been go ahead jack i'm sorry yeah it's a little it's a little uh weird getting used to um but you know it is what it is weird times. so do you um the test that you've had is it the up the nose test or is it the spit test so it's just uh up the nose but it doesn't you know everyone freaked out at first because everyone thought it was gonna be like you know goes back into your brain which i've right. had those before they're uncomfortable but i mean it's not the end of the world you know it is what it is but um it I so I mine's usually the up the nose, but it's just in the nostril here. So it's like a Q-tip doesn't even go back far in your nose at all. It's not uncomfortable at all. You know, right. most you have is like a slight little itch afterwards. Uh, so it's not the spit. I've heard of people doing the spit, but we we have the you know the nose tests. I have done the spit test. I had the spit test earlier this summer, and it was because I was going for a medical procedure. Everything's fine, but uh, I, I was going for a medical procedure, and before the procedure, they needed to confirm I was free of COVID and didn't have any COVID. So. I pulled up to the medical office building in my car. A person came out in, you know, one of these in full protective gear, and I had to literally sit in my car, spitting into a jar for until until wow. I just say there was enough Build spit. A, yeah, it was very uh, very strange. Then I looked to the car next to me, and there was somebody spitting in a jar in that car. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I'm happy to hear your campus has not had a lot of cases. That's really good. So yeah, that's, that's ha- nice to hear. Um, and, you know, this is the, f- 
I guess one of the first episodes we're recording when summer has unofficially ended. It's not officially fall yet, but it's beginning to yes. feel like fall. A little bit of a breeze in the air, decorations starting to go up. What are your, since we're going to be off for a few weeks, what are your plans looking ahead to the fall? What are the things that you're looking forward to doing? Uh, by far, most excited for watching football. I have just been waiting. <laughs> I mean, everyone wants a little bit back of return to normalcy. And for me, this is watching football again on Sundays. And so mm-hmm. I just could not be more excited for this. Uh, Scott and I were talking before we started recording about the game last night, which is was Chiefs and Texans. Um, yeah. And it's just so great to see football again. And uh, so that's what I'm most excited for. But then I also am excited just for I think things are going to start getting back to normal. You know, I think everyone's very optimistic about vaccines and treatments. I agree with you. I'm very optimistic about that stuff. Like you, I'm extremely excited about the return of football. It felt great last night to sit down, watch Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels in the booth, just like they happen in those for those NBC games. And I'm really excited for this weekend. Opening weekend of the NFL season is just like this time where, you know, you're months and months ahead of you of great entertainment every single Sunday. And Monday and Thursday. So I'm excited. And let's talk about it a little more, Jack. What are your uh, – if you had to make a prediction this year, I know you're a Browns fan. You're a big Baker Mayfield guy. What are your thoughts on the Browns this season? Are you more optimistic for them than they – given how they performed last season? I mean, I'm always optimistic on them and then get that thrown in my face, you know, a couple games into the season. But I'm, I'm more optimistic even now. I mean, they brought in a lot of great pieces. They drafted – uh, Jedrick Willis to take the left tackle spot to protect Baker's blind side. They signed uh, uh, Jack Conklin from the Titans, who's a solid uh, right tackle as well. So O-line's great. They brought in Austin Hooper from the Falcons for a tight end, another offensive weapon. They just re-signed Kareem Hunt. I don't know what other pieces this team needs. Defensively, they were a little hurt because the safety that they drafted, um, who looked really promising, I think from LSU, he... He's out, I think, maybe for the season. He, mm-hmm. he had an injury. There's been a ton of injuries in camp, um, in preseason, or rather, not preseason, rather, but um, training camp. And they always have injuries, but it seems like there's been way more than usual just across the NFL. So they have an injury there and then an injury to a linebacker, Mac Wilson, in his second year who out of Alabama who's due to have a big year. So, you know, defensively they're a little bit weaker, but they're in a tough division. Lamar Jackson – uh, ben Roethlisberger now in theory healthier on the Steelers yeah. and Joe Burrow on the Bengals. It's not, it's not going to be easy. So I'm optimistic, but you know, I'm cautious. The, um, when you mention Roethlisberger, I, I mean, usually in a few fantasy leagues, but only one of them is taking place this year. I had, it was a key, it's a keepers league. So I had Garoppolo as my QB from last season and I kept him, but I was able to draft Roethlisberger as well. And I'm starting him this upcoming weekend. So yeah, I, that's uh, not a bad dilemma to have. I still I can't win in this particular league. I've never had success in this one <laughs> league. I just it's, it's an embarrassment. It's really bad. I tried to change my team name to to make it like get a new start. I couldn't even fit the yeah. team name. In. <laughs> it was limited. Um, who do the Browns play on Sunday? They play the Ravens. So as tough oh. as a first round matchup as you can get, huge division rivalry. Yeah. Um, it'll be a good game though. Good challenge. Really wake them up for the season. And, you know, they surprised the Ravens last year. They won by something crazy like 10 or 15, po- 10 or 14 points or so last year in the regular right. season, which was a huge win for them. And Nick Chubb just ran all over the Ravens defense. And the Ravens lost to Earl Thomas, you know, some questionable True. offseason behavior that will let the rumors speak for themselves in that one. But um, so they lost to Earl Thomas, who was great in their secondary, which should help the Browns. 
But I'm just so, I mean, so excited for the league in general. I think this is one of the most exciting years we've had. You have Tom Brady on the Bucks now with Gronk, right. two of the most fun players to watch, who are now on a completely different team. The t- Tampa Bay has now gone from a zero to a hero so fast. You have um, Drew Brees and seemingly some of his his last years in the NFL. So he'll you know he'll be throwing punches. Uh, there's right. just so much talent and so many players on new teams. Cam Newton on the Pats. There's so mm-hmm. much to look forward to and to watch this season. I think everyone's going to uh, be enjoying a much needed escape. Were you surprised when Gronkowski came out of retirement to come to the Bucks? I think everyone was. I, I know I was. It was it was one of those things where everyone's like, oh, wouldn't it be great now if Gronk goes with Brady to the Bucks and all of a sudden it just happens? I mean, props to Brady. I, he clearly had a plan in place, but I was certainly yeah. surprised. You know, Gronk, he got himself pretty banged up in New England, and he seems pretty happy now. And the amount of, yes. the amount of work you need to do to get in shape for the NFL is just insane. So I think I was surprised. Um, what are you looking forward to most of the season, though? First off, I'm intrigued just by the concept of watching Brady on a team other than the Patriots. So right off the bat, he went to a team that has Mike Evans as wide receiver. Evans is a top-notch player, consistent performer in fantasy. I've had him on at least one team. He did very well for me. Uh, Then you have Gronkowski coming out of retirement. So you have, you know, Brady had commented earlier in the offseason that it was a little difficult getting used to a new playbook, which makes sense. Well, Gronkowski comes in. He has a long-standing history with Gronkowski, so the two of them work well together. It'll make the adjustments to the playbook easier. And then, just a week ago or so, you had Fournette, released by Jacksonville, signing with Tampa Bay. So that offense is a very, very threatening offense with Brady at the helm. Now, it's interesting, going into week one here, they're playing the Saints, which is a very intriguing game because you get the Breeze-Brady matchup. Uh, Saints are uh, Buccaneers are underdogs. So... Interesting that for Brady's first game in a Buccaneers uniform, the uh, they're not favored. But you ask me what I'm most looking forward to, it's watching the Buccaneers. Uh, other things that I'm intrigued by, certainly the Chiefs, I think, are contenders. It's going to be interesting to see how they perform, whether or not they're able to repeat their success from previous years. Uh, I'm intrigued to see Cam Newton on the uh, the Patriots. I think there could be a little behind-the-scenes drama there this season. Just very recently, Belichick was saying something. I forget what it was exactly, but it was something negative about Newton, I thought, in the press. I, it was like the way it was worded was made it seem like there could be some tension behind the scenes. Um, other things, for me as a Giants fan, I don't have any expectations. I guess I'm interested to see how the new coach, Joe Judge, will do with the team. To me, that's their most intriguing storyline. Another thing that I'm very interested to see with the Giants is how Daniel Jones, who's going to be having his first full season as quarterback, is able to perform. I don't have very high hopes for them, and I don't have high hopes for the other New York team, the Jets. I guess Buffalo is the other New York team as well. Buffalo could be in good shape. They're a strong franchise. They had a good season last year. Uh, They play the Jets opening week. I would pick them to win, so I think they'll get off to a good start. Uh, but, yeah, those are some of the storylines that, that jump out at me. Got some good games on opening weekend. I guess the game most people are excited to see is Buccaneers Saints. That's the late afternoon game on Sunday. Also, you have Cowboys-Rams being the Sunday night game. That's a big matchup for the Cowboys. The Cowboys always seem to get that opening week Sunday night matchup. But this is the yeah. first time in a few seasons where they're not playing the Giants, which uh, yeah. is a change from previous years. Yeah. I think uh, 
if you're, if you're a Giants fan, you got to ask the question, you know, what are you waiting for? Because you have Daniel Jones. Obviously, they're not in a re- – I mean, I guess you could say they're in kind of the tail end of a rebuilding phase. You have Daniel Jones. You have Saquon. Saquon's a franchise mm-hmm. back, you know, one of, arguably one of the best ever to play. And, I mean, I know they need some wide receivers there, but they have Sterling Shepard, who's young and talented, who um, – I forget where he went to school. I think he went to school with, at Oklahoma with Baker, actually. But um, there's just – you got if you're a Giants fan, I mean, I'm – frustrated looking from the outside in just because you, you, it feels like they need a lot more pieces before they can be seriously competitive. I, I think they'll have you know a lot of upside this year, but before they can be seriously competitive, it feels like they still need a lot of pieces. Yeah, the uh, for many years, the problem with the Giants was, to me, a lack of a good, strate- good strategy on the running game. It seemed like they were not very creative. Well, now they have Barkley, who has done very well. He's a tremendous athlete, Saquon Barkley. Uh, the quarterback adjustment has been tough. Last year, Daniel Jones had a tremendous game in Tampa Bay. It was his second appearance of the season where he led the Giants on a masterful comeback. And after that game, everybody was like, oh, he's arrived. The new era has begun. Mm-hmm. But he was not able to replicate that success the rest of the year. So I, I, the quarterback is such a key position. I, To me, the jury is still out on him. I, I'm, I think he's a good guy. seems like a nice guy. But whether or not... He's NFL ready. I just don't know. I just yeah. don't know. Um, but what, let me ask you this question, having nothing to do with the actual teams. What is your NFL ritual on Sundays? Do you have a routine that you go through every Sunday? Well, we go to church Sunday morning, which is, you know, a little frustrating just because I want to be sleeping in like the rest of America. I guess a good amount of America goes to church and then just enjoy the games. But after that, you know, I just lock myself in my basement, turn on. We Scott and I were talking about this as many screens as I can, and uh, just enjoy the games. It, it's just so nice when you hear the red zone go on. And so I don't have really any rituals. I know growing up, it was always me trying to finish my homework so I could watch all the games on Sunday and then stay up and watch the Sunday night game. But and obviously, never ever getting my homework done in time to actually do so. But no rituals in particular. How about you? What I uh, used to do was listen to Mike Francesa on WFAN every Sunday morning for his NFL show. I enjoyed doing that as recently as last season, but now he's fully retired. So my ritual is basically I get here's my Sunday morning ritual. I get up, I get bagels. I then read the newspaper. <laughs> I'm like I'm like an eighty year old man here. <laughs> I uh, I read the newspaper. Then I um, make any bets that I have uh, on the games for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually get my bets in Saturday or Sunday morning at the latest. Then uh, basically over the course of the day, I watch the one o'clock game, watch the four o'clock game, watch the evening game. Yeah. Uh, and then same thing on Monday night. I watch the Monday night game. Yeah. Football is for me one of the main sports where I will watch any team, even not one me of my too. local teams. Yeah. I don't know why that is. I, I don't know why that is, but I just I think there's just there's just so much talent on any team. It's like there's always something entertaining to watch or some interesting yeah. story to watch there. Every game is an event. Every game, you know, it's a 16-game regular season, so each game does have a lot of importance. And the evidence of that is it seems like every year recently the Giants start off at least 0-2, and I constantly (laughs) have to hear how historically if you start off 0-2, the odds of you making the postseason drastically decrease. So each game is very, uh, very important. Uh, But in football, that's another thing that's great about football is that it's probably the only sport in America – where you have those rituals, you know, baseball's on other than this year, so many games. So you could watch just coming home from work. There's not so much a routine. 
Uh, same with basketball and hockey. But football, that's your Sunday. And then, of course, it takes you from the beginning of the year to Thanksgiving to the holiday season into the new year with the Super Bowl. It's crazy to me, Jack. I was thinking about this. Think about the fact, you remember the Shakira J-Lo halftime show was in January of this year? It seems like it was 20 years ago. It's still 2020. Hmm. When the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. This has been such yeah. a crazy year. That Yeah. It does yeah. feel like it's been a while. And now I'm dreading the seemingly reality where they win another Super Bowl in, <laughs> in due time after watching them last night. I just, I mean, I was talking to Scott about this before. I, I don't know why I dislike Patrick Mahomes so much. But he's just so good, it's frustrating. And having to yeah. watch him play other teams, it's like, gosh, just someone stop him, please. He's so rich <laughs> with that contract. Well, that doesn't help either. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so, Jack, uh, going now to something a little bit different, I want to talk to you about some movies, uh, some yeah, upcoming uh, film stuff. Uh, they announced today, I believe it was, that the new Wonder Woman movie has been pushed back indefinitely as has, um, oh man, what's the one? There was a, not Black Widow, that's still due for a November release, but there was another film, it's escaping me now, that was also pushed back indefinitely. Um, Wonder Woman may actually, I think now it's slated for a Christmas release, if I saw it correctly. I don't think it's an indefinite pushback. But uh, we, we were talking before we went on the air tonight about the trailer for that film and how remarkable it was. Uh, where do you rank the previous Wonder Woman in your rankings of superhero movies, not limited to Marvel versus DC, just generally speaking. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a great movie. It wasn't like, you know, when I saw it, oh, this is one of my favorite evers, but I just thought they did a great job of portraying the character of, with the music and all, all the actors really, and the story was great. So mm -hmm. it's, it's certainly up there. I don't know if it outranks a lot of, you know, some of my favorite Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, it's, it's also so tough. Um, considering that the it's seemingly the superhero movies are dominated by Marvel to compare outside, you know, movies to them, whether it's DC or whoever. I think the only exception to that of a non Marvel movie that just kind of dominates superhero movies for me is uh any of the Dark Knights or Dark Knight Rises. Sure. Uh, Christian Bale Batman will always be some of my favorite superhero movies ever. So so Wonder Woman it's hard to rank, but like I said earlier, I'm so ex I was I love the first one and I'm so excited for the second um, that trailer has been out for a while now, and that trailer, still, when I watch it, I get goosebumps. I think it's one of the best-made best trailers in general that I've seen in a long time, between yeah. the music and the action, and uh, it looks great. It's, it, from the trailer, you could see how they really incorporate the 80s theme into the film, which I think is going to be a lot of fun to, to watch. Um, I was going to ask you, when, you mentioned your love of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Out of those three, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Returns, which is your favorite? Probably the Dark Knight. Dark I, I don't Knight. know what it is about the movie, but it's just it's such a classic. And is it, any you think scene it's Heath Ledger? That, he's great, undoubtedly. Um, but there's just something about the feel of that movie that I, I just can't put into words. That that is just so enjoyable to watch. Can you think of any Marvel movie that stands up to the Dark Knight? Is there any movie that is as good as the Dark Knight in the Marvel catalog? Because I don't think there's any in the DC. That's tough. I've actually, with my uh, family, been rewatching a lot of the Marvel movies on Disney Plus. Right. And you don't realize now because you you kind of look back at them all as one giant movie because of how well they tied everything together. You don't realize how well some of those Marvel movies acted as standalone films. I know in particular we were just watching uh, the first Captain America, and yeah. then we were watching Captain America: Civil War, 
and we haven't gotten to um, Winter Soldier yet. Um, but or we saw, I think we saw Winter Soldier. Haven't gotten to Civil War yet. And mm-hmm. even Winter Soldier, we were just sitting there watching. This is such a good movie, just like as a standalone movie. Right. So I'd say um, a lot of the Captain America movies stand up on their own to Dark Knight Rises. I'm not saying they're better, but I think they are comparable. Um, so if I had to pick, I'd say the Captain America franchise. That's a good call. Um, I'm, in my mind, I'm quickly going through many of the Marvel movies. I don't think there's many others that come to mind that would hold up to it because uh, it is a masterpiece. I mean, the, the, the Dark Knight, it's a tremendous film. Uh, I want to ask you this question of, about Marvel. You know, one of the things that Disney recently did was release Mulan to Disney Plus subscribers for $30. The movie is going to be made available, from what I understand, to all Disney Plus subscribers in December. So here's my question for you. Black Widow, I believe, is due for an early November release. I don't know what's going to be in early November in terms of movie releases. Would you pay 30 bucks to get Black Widow at home, or would you just wait for, to see it in the future? So just Black Widow, not talking about Mulan? Right, just Black Widow, because I, I personally didn't pay the 30 bucks for Mulan. If I choose to see it, I'll see it when it's available to every Disney Plus subscriber. I don't think I would pay the 30 bucks for Mulan or for Black Widow, but depending on what movie was coming out, um, I might right. have to. So not for those two, but if it was something else that I was just dying to see that I thought looked amazing, I think I would. But especially mm-hmm. when you know that if you just wait a little bit that it's going to be free, it's kind of hard to justify. I don't know. I, I mean, Disney's very smart with their with the way they set things up. I don't know how they thought people were going to pay for it if you know they tell them, oh, you wait a little bit and then you can just watch for free. I guess people have short attention spans, but still. I don't know many people that paid for it. I see on my Twitter feed from some of the Diz Twitter community, some people did pay for it. And the response seems to be positive, although this Twitter tends to, when it comes to Disney movies, always be positive. But uh, I, t- to me, 30 bucks is a lot of money. That's uh, to, for a, a release at home. Uh, I'm, I don't see myself paying for Black Widow either. I'm inclined to wait for it. But I'm so anxious for the new, a new Marvel film. It's been a while now. I guess this is the longest drought we've had for fans of Marvel movies since the previous uh, Avengers film that uh, who knows when it comes out, if we'll be anxious to just pay for it. Uh, Jack, I wanted to also ask you before we went on the air tonight, I asked you to watch the trailer for the new horror movie freaky starring Vince Vaughn. Now this is a Blumhouse film. And yesterday on Twitter, I saw freaky was one of the trending topics in the country. And I thought to myself, well, this is weird. Why are people going so nuts for this trailer? And then I watched the trailer, and I could see why they're going so nuts. Uh, For those that are listening that haven't seen the trailer, I won't give much away, but it's a horror film where, I guess, Jack, correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but Vince Vaughn plays a serial killer who somehow transfers his appearance to a high school girl so that the high school girl looks like Vince Vaughn, and Vince Vaughn looks like the high school girl. So it's kind of like a Freaky Friday switch in a way. I think that's the best explanation you can give for this movie. It doesn't look bad. It, it just looks oh. bizarre. And I love Vince Vaughn. So, I'll, yeah. I'll, you know, for that, I'll go to see it. I think he's hilarious. But it just seems very bizarre. And then you think, like, okay, when you're watching – okay, so you got it right. Obviously, it's like a body switch. So when you're watching the girl, knowing that it's supposed to be like a Vince Vaughn-esque person – it's just a little bit disturbing too to think yes. about, and uh, which I guess is part of the appeal. It's like kind of what makes it interesting, but it seems bizarre. And so, 
I think we were, we were talking about whether or not we we're going to see it. I might wait till rental. I think Scott said he'd, he'd go and see it in theaters. But the the ratings seem pretty like positive. Like people seem like they like it. It's not like people are disgusted by it or anything. No, they're intri- I think they're intrigued by it because the idea of an innocent high school girl starting all of a sudden looking like a serial killer and how she deals with that in society and with her friends. I, I, to me, that's a very uh, interesting topic and storyline. That's the type of thing I pay 30 bucks for <laughs> at yeah. home to watch. Um, but that's a big trailer. Another thing I wanted to mention about movies is that earlier tonight, I actually went back and I watched on Peacock, the NBC Universal streaming service, Beetlejuice, the 1988 film, which is considered to be a horror comedy classic. I hadn't seen it in many, many years. But the reason I went back and watched it is because this year, one of the strong rumored houses at Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios was Beetlejuice. And as a matter of fact, at the Tribute Store at Universal Studios, they're selling a lot of Beetlejuice merchandise. So there's no doubt it was going to be one of the houses this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to see it. I hadn't seen it in a long time. It's a fun film. It's a really great, enjoyable film. Tremendous cast with Michael Keaton, Winona Ryder, uh, Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, and several other well-known actors. Uh, Jack, have you seen Beetlejuice? I haven't. I've heard a lot about it, but I haven't seen it yet. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it. Um, It's a fun film. To me, it's not... I'm never scared by it. It's not like I watch it, and it's not like watching one of the recent horror films. But to me, it's a very fun film. It's funny. I found myself laughing out loud at some of the things that I hadn't recognized before. It's a well-done movie. It's, I guess, considered a Tim Burton classic. It was one of his first big films. But I would encourage all of our listeners for this Halloween season to go and check that out. Another thing I'll also mention, speaking of Halloween Horror Nights, is that today on Twitter there were photos posted from Universal Studios Orlando. It appears that there's going to be some type of Halloween Horror Nights experience, but not at night, during the daytime. The latest rumor, and it seems to be legit, is that there are going to be two houses to walk through. One theme to The Bride of Frankenstein the other theme to a tooth fairy uh, horror experience. Uh, now, I don't know whether or not this will happen, but it seems to be that something's going on behind the scenes. I'm, I'm not going to go this year. I've made the decision to skip the event, but I look forward to getting back there next year and uh, hopefully seeing the Beetlejuice house and anything else they offer. Uh, Jack, have you gone? I know you've not been to Horror Nights, but for Halloween season, do you go to any of the local haunted houses or any experiences like that? We used to when we were younger, but I haven't gone to many since. I also just, I, I don't know of many in my area. I'm sure they're there. And now, especially yeah. with uh, Corona, I don't know what they're going to do with them. But I used to love them when I was younger. Yeah. the uh, There is in Sleepy Hollow, New York, traditionally a haunted hayride, which I have gone to for many years. That is now a drive through experience this year. And in Orlando, they're also having a drive through experience. I'm not sure what else they're going to be doing locally. Uh, it's uh, going to be, you know, one of the big changes of this year. But I will say it, it felt nice after Labor Day to drive around the neighborhood and see the houses with pumpkins out front and uh, beginning to see those Halloween decorations. It does provide some sense of normalcy. So that combined with football is is good to have. Um, Jack, I wanted to ask you also, uh, speaking of taking a step back to movies, one of the things I wanted to mention to you to get your thoughts on did you see in the news today that Disney Plus, and I'm loading this up on my screen so I capture it correctly, is testing a new feature, which basically is like a watch party. So it's called Group Watch, 
And I'm, I'm looking at the Verge website as we read this. It's currently in Canada with more locations coming this fall. What it does is it allows users to create private watch parties so that we would all, let's say you and I did this, we'd be home, we'd be able to somehow connect to a common chat screen. We'd start the movie simultaneously and then speak about it. What, what's your take on that? Kind of like I, I'm sure you've heard of Spotify is testing this new beta feature um, where you can connect fo- different devices. So say uh, you're listening to music, I'm listening to music, we all have Spotify on our phones, computers, whatever. We can all connect to the same session and kind of boost the sound um, and so that everyone can listen to the same music at the same time, wherever they are. So it would be the same thing uh, you know, here at Disney+, Plus, you could all watch one movie at the same time, you know, wherever you are. Yes, so you could watch things like The Mandalorian, the Marvel movies, Hamilton. Um, you'd be able to access it through an icon on the show or movie's title page on Disney+. And um, that's all that I'm seeing right now. I looked at The Verge, I'm looking at Engadget now, and it's a watch party feature similar to what is currently used on Amazon Prime. Um, there are apparently photos of this on the Disney Plus subreddit, and uh, I'm trying to view those as we speak. But I don't know much more about it. It seems to be brand new, but I guess we just conceptually, you and I or whoever you watch a movie with would be able to speak while you're watching the film. Do you like that? Or do you find it distracting? I, I mean, I think it would be cool. I like, usually I don't even like watching movies with my with my family. I just prefer to watch them by myself because they're yeah. too annoying to watch movies with. So maybe if it's something you're rewatching but not watching for the first time. I agree. I would not want to see something for the first time and um, have it, this feature. Now I'm looking here at the DizInsider.com and I see a screenshot where this is being tested from the title page for Christopher Robin, the film. And there's the play button, the add to your list button, download. And then there's a icon with three people. And when you hover your mouse above that, it says a group watch is in progress, join now. So I guess you connect to begin with to your friends on Disney Plus and somehow it knows which of your friends are watching a movie and then that's where you go to have this common chat feature. Okay. Well, it's, it's not a horrible idea. We'll see if it's uh, popular at all. Yeah. Record long podcast episodes. I've seen podcasts do that where they sit down and they watch a movie. And, really? Uh, yeah, and they, they talk about it as it goes through. But anything else you want to talk about before we kind of sum up where the podcast is at at the end of season two? Sure. So like uh, we've been talking about, the podcast made a switch in terms of our platform. So we're now on Podbean, which is great for us because we've been able to a lot more easily promote the show and connect with uh, listeners, which we're excited about. So we're going to be on Podbean going forward, which, like I said, has been great for us so far, and we're excited to see how it is going to progress. Um, in terms of what we're looking forward to next season, uh, there's been a project, I guess I'll put, I don't want to hype it up too much, that I've been thinking about and talking anyone's ear off or anyone who would listen uh, regarding my obsession, I guess you'll say, with Harry Potter and theme parks. And so I'm going to be pitching that on, and when I say pitching, I mean just pitching to Scott and the other hosts and you guys, our audience, uh, 
the beginning of next season, which I'm excited for. But we also are just excited for next season. There's going to be a lot more, like we said, a return to normalcy. So there'll be more movies coming out. There'll be a lot more stuff to talk about that we're, you know, usually into TV shows coming out. There has been kind of a lull. Um, but we're, we're also very thankful for all the support we've had this season. It's been great interacting with you. I know Scott runs our Twitter, if you've, if you've interacted with our Twitter. And I know our Twitter has just been phenomenal with the interactions we've had with our listeners. Um, and so we're, we're very grateful for everything we've accomplished over these past two seasons, and we're really excited for the future of the show. Uh, and we have a lot of great stuff planned, so we're going to be trying to go into when things get back to more normal, some more events. We discussed that for ages regarding these past two seasons. We weren't able to do it, but we're looking forward to doing something like that uh, in the future. But really, we're, we're very thankful. Scott, what do you think? Jack, I completely agree with everything you said. Uh, you know, on Twitter, the podcast account has really interacted with many of our listeners and hearing your feedback has been helpful and tremendous. Uh, one of the things I really enjoyed earlier this season was, for example, one of the episodes I was on with Dan and another Scott, our good friend, and we created a, a 60s playlist. That was the theme of the episode. And I heard from some of our listeners as to what they would put on their 60s playlists, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we've also been fortunate to have some really great guests on the podcast since we started people who probably wouldn't have met but for the podcast and they've all become friends and I, I say this about each and every one of them you know whether it's Jay and Ella over in England from Universally Speaking, Nick at the Disney Dad, Antonio from Why We Disney, uh, John at C.WDW, um, Corrine from uh, Magically Potter-esque, all these really wonderful people and, and many more. I just don't have the time now to mention all of them. We're very grateful for your friendship and for your coming on the podcast. And I really am excited looking forward to having more guests on the show as well. Um, and our switch to Podbean has also, I think, been really exciting. We now can get a better sense of who's listening to the podcast, where they're from. And it's really great to see those numbers start to increase, which is really uh, exciting. So uh, what we're going to do, like I said at the beginning of the episode, we're not taking that long a break, just a few weeks to give us a little rest and get geared up for season three. And we'll be back in October uh, talking about all the uh, fun stuff we love. Uh, and uh, with that, Jack, I guess now do you want to go tonight to our Stuff We Love segment for this final episode of season two? Sure. Scott, do you want to start? Sure. So uh, one of the things I mentioned on my solo show the other night was a new coffee company I've been drinking, which is Bones Coffee Company. It's really phenomenal. I discovered them online. Our co-host, Joe, who's not with us this evening, also ordered a sampler pack from them where you get to try five flavors of coffee, and they give you very nice-sized portions. This is ground coffee. And the artwork on the labels for the packaging is horror-themed. So it, no matter what flavor you get, the packaging makes it look like you're getting something that's connected to a horror film which is really fun and the flavors are really good it's some of the best tasting coffee i've ever had so one of my stuff we love recommendations was bones coffee company one of the other stuff we love recommendations i'll give you tonight is i recently bought the video game tony hawk's pro skater one and two on the xbox one this is a game that was out years ago actually two games that i used to play all the time and what the new version did was remaster it so the graphics are more modern, gameplay's a little bit smoother, and I love it. I have yet to really explore the solo mode, but I've been enjoying the multiplayer mode, and it's really fun connecting with other skaters from around the world and trying to get 
high scores. It's a, it's a great game. If you grew up on that game like I did, I think you'll like it. And for newer gamers as well, I think it's perfect for you. So those are my Stuff We Love recommendations tonight. Jack, how about you? So my Stuff We Love recommendation is a video game I've been playing called Apex Legends. So it's certainly not new by any means, but the new season just came out. And they continue just to add great content to the Battle Pass every single year, or every single season. And for that reason, it's been getting a lot more traction recently. And so I've gotten back into the game and have been playing it a lot, you know, during these times when people have a lot more time on their hand. And I've really enjoyed it. So for anyone who does play video games and is maybe giving, try, thinking of a game to give another chance, definitely check out Apex Legends. Jack, let me ask you one question before we wrap up tonight. When it comes to video games, do you tend to download games more or buy the physical discs? I download them. I almost never buy the discs anymore just because it's right there. Right. You download it. It's just so easy. Yeah. Uh, the reason I ask is because I downloaded Tony Hawk. It was the first major game that I downloaded, and I really am happy I did. It's it's awesome to have it right on your machine. And if I get the new Xbox, which I probably will, I know it will carry over to that machine because it's all in the account. So it's really, really awesome. And with that, I'll take you through where you could find the podcast on social media. We are on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, on Instagram at Stuff We Love Podcast. We have a Facebook page, a YouTube channel as well. You can write to us, Stuff We Love Podcast at gmail.com, and you can visit our website, Stuff We Love Podcast.podbean.com. There you will find all of our prior episodes. So if you want to take these next couple of weeks to catch up on what you may have missed, go ahead and enjoy the show. And uh, with that, Jack, we'll officially wrap up season two this has been a great time and with you as always and i look forward to all the fun episodes ahead yes absolutely it's been a great past season like you said i'm excited for next season too so we'll go around the table i am scott i'm jack and this has been the stuff we love podcast <laughs>